Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Tim Edwards. Come on down. Tim, how are you, sir? Whoa. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Uh, Tim, I know, folks, you're probably tired of hearing me say this, but yes, Tim is a member of the Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, we're just we're just knocking him out. Bang, bang, bang. So, yes, he's got the T-shirt on. I can't find mine. It's the craziest I, thing. Oh, really? I well, don't know where it is. I wore it. I wore it that like entire weekend, and I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even plan to wear this today. I just uh, five minutes ago realized, oh, hey, I wore the T-shirt uh, on the day I'm reuniting with a teammate. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Top twenty-five, baby. Yes. <laughs> so uh, apart from uh, us uh, being way, way too cocky. Uh, but, you know, hey, we beat the Sinister Sticks, and that's all that matters. Uh, exactly. <laughs> apart from being way too cocky, uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do, why you do, and when you do, and all that good stuff. All right. Well, I am a uh, husband, father of two teenage boys, and uh, by day, I am a paralegal. Very nice. And uh, by night, I uh, run a trivia company here in, in Tulsa. We've also got a, a Salt Lake City venue, trying to expand into other places, but we've got... By the end of the month, we'll have 22 active venues in Tulsa, and I'll end up writing with Cheyenne, my business partner. We write we write about 250 questions a week, and uh, that keeps us plenty busy. Well, uh, writing the questions, uh, as as I know, is a lot easier than answering the questions. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah. Uh, Your questions, at least, for sure. Well, yeah, there is that. Uh, so. <laughs> Let, let me let you know and uh, fill anyone in who might be listening for the first time what exactly we're going to be doing here. Uh, there's going to be four rounds of four questions apiece. In each round, I will let Tim know the categories in order we'll be using for that round. Before we read each question, he gets to lock in how many points he wishes each question to be worth. Get it right, you get the points, Tim. It is just that simple. And there's also going to be a halftime bonus for 10 points. At the end of the game, you'll field what we call the confidence question, which will be your last chance to try and improve your final score. But I will explain all that when we get to all that. We cannot get to all that until we get to all this. And by this, I mean kicking things off with round one. Are you ready to take this journey with me, Tim? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. I, I, I believe you. I, I, I hear the sincerity in your voice. <laughs> uh, point values, as always, as usual, 1, 3, 5, and 7 in round 1. Here are the categories we're going to be using today. We're going to kick things off with sports. Follow it up with analogies. Move along to Around the World. And we are going to wrap up round 1 with television. Uh, uh, but before, Tim, I ask you how much you would like to wager on sports, as you know, this is our very special alphabet season, which means every single answer in this episode, unless I say otherwise, is going to start with the same letter that could be the first name of the person, could be the last name of the person. If it's a title, it could be any of the words in that title. Somewhere in each of your answers will be something that starts with the letter M. M. Mmm. Mmm, indeed. I can dig it. I hope you can. I hope you will come up with the correct answers. Uh, sports, as I said, is up first. One, three, five, or seven. Let's go seven. Yeah, I'm going to hope this is in one of my wheelhouse areas. Confident in the sports. I hope that confidence pays off. 
And here is your seven-point sports question. Signed as a free agent prior to the 1982 season, this player famously predicted that he would lead his new team to a title and then doubled down on that prediction, projecting three series sweeps to a trophy. Who was this? Okay, I'm a big Cardinals fan, but I'm I'm sort of a... a, a, didn't really become one until the uh, mid-90s, and that was mostly to irritate a bunch of my friends who are Cubs fans and they made me pick a team. And so I said, I'll show you. And I picked the (laughs) Cardinals. I know they won a title around this time, but I'm trying to think of who has an M name in that group. Oh man. Who are some other teams that would have won in that era? Uh, Mattingly never won won one with the Yankees. He might, I think he might've been there at that time, but but I think their last one in this area was the, was the uh, Reggie Jackson 77-ish. I feel like there's a Mookie back there. Mookie Wilson. Mookie Betts is the new guy, right? The, the, the contemporary Mookie Wilson. I'm going to say Mookie Wilson. I'm not sure who he was playing for. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mookie Betts is a current member of the Boston Red Sox and one of the best players in the game uh, right now, certainly in the fantasy world. I mean, Mike Trout is Mike Trout, but I would say right. Mookie Betts uh, rivals him 1-2 one, one, uh, for best player in, in fantasy sports right now. Uh, in terms of baseball, uh, Mookie Wilson, uh, he came up with the Mets. Uh, he was homegrown. He came up with 81, might have been his first year, and pretty much stayed with the team uh, through the titles there. So. Ah. Not, I had the error right. I had the error right. Not my good friend Mookie. No, this was a sport you did not get to. Uh, this was basketball. Oh. A fellow by the name of Dr. J had uh, signed a long deal with the Philadelphia 76ers, and they hadn't won anything. This uh, one-time league MVP signed with the team said, I got this. We got the title. And uh, just before the uh, playoffs started, they, they said, you still, uh, you still believe that your team's going to win the title? And he said, foe, foe, foe. <laughs> meaning uh that he, he was predicting three four oh sweeps uh, as it turns out uh he was damn close they went foe five foe uh <laughs> one game short of his prediction and his name was moses malone ah dang it i don't know why i just stuck on baseball i need to uh think a little broader indeed all right i, I love that like that was that was all he said foe 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 <laughs> Hey, you sweep the Lakers in the championship, you have a right to uh, be sure. excited there, yeah. uh, even if it was because of injury. But uh, nevertheless, let us move along. Hopefully, we can get you on the board with this question. It is analogies. It can be one, it can be three, or it can be five. Well, um, you know, uh, last time I was uh, confident, and it did not work out. But I'm going to stick with the confidence. I'm going to go five with analogies. All right, five points for analogies as the uh, Tim attempts to prove the law of diminishing returns. <laughs> no, 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 no. Good luck here is your five-point analogies question. Brando is to Hunter as Shatner is to what? Brando is to Hunter as Shatner is to what? Hmm, Brando and Hunter. Now there's the movie Night of the Hunter, but that's not Marlon Brando. That's uh, that's uh, oh, what's his name? Mishner? Not Mishner. That's uh, oh, dang it! But it's not that. It's not that. It's uh, okay. Brando is the hunter. Marlon 
Brando as Shatner is to... Boy, you're stumping me early here, AJ. I'm not seeing the connection. I'm going to just take a stab in the dark, and I'm going to say Miller. Miller would be a stab in the dark, absolutely. Uh, but it starts with M, and at least you got that to hook, to hang your hat on. I mean, uh, you know, uh, it said something like, uh, you know, uh, lawyer. That would not have worked. <laughs> no, it would not. Uh, although Shatner has played a lawyer, but that's neither here nor there. So, uh, yeah, uh, Night of the Hunter was the uh, same guy who was in Cape Fear. That was uh, Robert Mitchum. Mitchum, Mitchum that's it. There. Uh, He's got yeah. the love and the hate uh, tattoos on his on his knuckles there. Yeah, it took, took me a few moments to, to remember that because yeah. uh, all that was jumping in my head was the, uh, the remake with De Niro and Juliette Lewis. But, again, none of that is important right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the hunter in question here is not a profession. It is another actor. Brando co-starred with Kim Hunter uh, in a film in which uh, Brando's character screamed out Kim Hunter's character's name. It's one of the most famous screams in movies. Stella! Stella! Okay. So Hunter was the uh, actor who uh, portrayed uh, the person he was yelling at. Do you know the answer now? I do. I do. It would be Montalban. It would be Montalban. Gone. Nice boy. There's there was some. Uh, uh, that was a, a lots of twists in that analogy. I love it. I yeah, love it. I, I call that uh, a Dennis Miller type question, where it's <laughs> it's not the reference. It's the reference to the reference to the reference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if it was before 1990, then it was a very sane liberal uh, reference. If it's after 1990, it was an insane conservative. Uh, what happened to Dennis Miller? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, did he like have a bad meal in like 1992 that just sort of switched everything around? I don't know. I don't know. Cha cha, did I? <laughs> <laughs> it was the hair, maybe. Does he does he still have like the luxurious <laughs> hair? Like uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that could be it. Uh, he's a he, he's a regular uh, intelligence level Samson uh, situation going on. <laughs> Anywho, uh, unfortunately, I cannot give you the points there, uh, though you got it uh, a little bit. Uh, well, I, I mean, I gave you a hint, but you did get it eventually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> around the world is going to be the next category. You got three. You got one. Oh, what say you? Well, I mean, I, I, I like going in order, so we're going to go three on this one. I had a feeling, had a feeling. All right, good luck. Here is your three-point around the world question. Ahu... Tongariki is home to what 15 objects which have now been fully restored uh, after getting damaged in a devastating 9.5 earthquake in 1960 and its resulting tsunami? Okay, 1960, 9.5 earthquake makes me think Alaska because I know there was that uh, humongous earthquake up there, but I'm not entirely sure. What sort of objects would be up there? If we weren't dealing with M, I would think perhaps some totem poles or something like that. But uh, 15 objects. So Ahu Tongariki. It's certainly someplace, it sounds someplace very Pacific, either like the North American coast or uh, like, like Alaska or Polynesia area. Boy, AJ. Yes. <laughs> you are... You're humbling me as I knew you would. Be it ever so humble, there's no place like the hot seat. 
um, I'm gonna say I don't even I, I I like I don't even know where to start my guess here. Fifteen objects. I'm gonna say man-sized totem poles. Man-sized totem poles. That's obviously, and I don't care if you tell me it's wrong. That's clearly the right answer. Uh, and you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's 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 a good guess. It's no, don't lie. Don't. It, it's okay. It's okay. No, you don't no, have it, to. You don't have to be nice to me, AJ. I it, I, I can handle no, it. No, no. See, when you, when you hear the answer, it, 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 you're not wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> Uh, the 1960 earthquake was uh, centered in Chile. Okay. Which, uh, of course, as everybody everybody knows, is the country that owns a little thing called Rapa Nui, or Easter Island. <sighs> the uh, site on Easter Island is called Ahu Tongariki, and these giant big head things. So, I mean, they're not man size, so I, but they're kind of totem pole kind of looking things. You know, okay. Uh, the 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 big heads uh, were destroyed. Uh, a lot of them, they uh, refurbished them, got them back. I don't know if they use glue or, or whatnot, but they've probably they've... glue some Elmers. Yeah, uh, these are the world famous Moai, M O A I, the Moai. I thought about the Easter Island statues. I could not think of the name. Uh, there you go. And uh, all right, well, all right, TV. So that was Moy Malo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said it was the Pacific, you know. It's, no, no, I, so I, I had it. I had it narrowed down to like what a third of the of the Earth's surface. So, you know, yeah, not bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, television, as you said, is our final category in round one. Only worth one point if you can get it right. However, one point much better than zero points. Right, that's the first points are the hardest to score. At least exactly. that's, what pe- that's what people tell themselves when they score for the first time late in the game. So I'm going to just roll with it. Let's, let's, indeedy, let y'all, here is your one point TV question. While many episodes of this show have been permanently archived due to a character named Chali, which is an offensive Asian stereotype, what classic series overcame this creative short-sightedness to survive for over 40 years, even being awarded two Oscars along the way? 40 years. Two, two what along the way? Two Oscars. And yes, two, this is television. Two Oscars along the way for a television show that's lasted 40 years. I've got a guess here, and I'm going to go with Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Kind of like your quest for points in this show so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing the self-destruction part of the, uh, of the sure. show, not the accomplishing the mission part. Yeah, this series, uh, you know, not too many TV shows uh, can say that they've won Oscars. Uh, that was kind of unusual until you realize that back in the day, animated shows uh, submitted their episodes as short films. Uh, and therefore were eligible to win. And uh, two of the uh, cartoons in this cartoon series won uh, Oscars for Best uh, Animated Short. The character of Charlie, spelled C-H-O-L-L-Y, and supposed to be Charlie, but pronounced that way because... Ah, 
because of course, as I said, offensive Asian stereotype. He, yeah, the, they try to hide the episodes that featured him prominently and don't show them much anymore. They kind of stuck with some of the uh, ones that were done post-World War II when they were a little more sensitive to these things. But the same man voiced the main character for almost the entire run of uh, the show. He was probably better known as uh, Thurston Howell the Third, but Jim yeah. Backus was the cartoon voice of Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo. Yeah. All right. Well, dang. Oh, Tim, so, you've done many, it again. How many points did I get? <laughs> Hang on. I got I to gotta do the math here. Yeah, let's see. Zero. Zero is where we have that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, big old goose egg uh, in round one. But that's okay. You know, it's the lowest scoring round anyway. Who needs round one? Like, I'm ready to recover. I'm ready to recover. <laughs> I, I, I've, I, I've thrown out all of my bad guesses. Probability indicates that one of these is going to hit the mark. I, I could just do the reset, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, Tim. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, Let's keep that in our pocket. Yeah, Not okay. yet. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, round two is here. Uh, point values are going to increase to two, four, six, and eight. You know, if you get one right, uh, <laughs> here are the categories that <laughs> we're going to be using for round two. We are going to kick things off with. Audio hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of lifestyle. Uh, but then we are going to move on to Fungo, followed up with what comes next. And we're going to wrap up round two and the first half with Mashup. Audio hodgepodge is up first. Two, four, six, or eight, sir. Let's do four. All right. Four points for Audio hodgepodge. Here is how this question works. I'm going to read you a question. After I read the question, I'm going to play a little clip for you. And the idea is, Tim, that after you hear the clip, then of course you're going to easily, without any hesitation, come up with the answer. Wow. You really question. land the jinx on there, huh? Okay. <laughs> I did it. I killed them all. <laughs> oh, different jinx. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> here, sir, is your audio hodgepodge question for four points. What was the nickname of the person on the receiving end of this? Act of kindness. You, you need any help? Mm -mm. I, I just want you to know, I think, I think you're the best ever. Yeah, sure. Want my Coke? It's okay, you can have it. No, no. Really, you can have it. Okay. Ah, what a jingle! Like they, <laughs> they don't they don't do a good jingle like uh, they used to. And I notice uh, I, I believe you're drinking that new. Uh, Orange vanilla Coke. Indeed, I am. Uh, you're a stronger man than I. I tried it. I it, I, I could not handle it. I am a big but, fan, uh, which means, of course, they'll stop uh, selling it in about two weeks. <laughs> I I had to explain to my kids the other day about uh, new Coke, and and how in the eighties, because uh, I I'd, I'd read that new Coke was an effort to try and make Coke taste more like Diet Coke. I guess I I, I thought I saw, and 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 my fifteen year old was like. 
why would anybody ever do that? I was like, no one knows. No one knows, kid. It's a, it's a total mystery. Did, did, did you get to Crystal Pepsi? <laughs> I, I, come on, you got to ease them into this. Uh, these generations. I, I mean, I know they're, prob- yeah, they're probably too young for Zima. I get that, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this one, I, I feel very good about. That was Mean Joe Green, who was uh, given gifted the Coke in that clip. Mean Joe Green is your answer. Do you want the four points, Tim? Really? You can have them. (laughs) Thanks, kid. Hey, I threw you a t-shirt. I saw you. uh, You had it just a second ago. Got a little questionable company t-shirt. Excellent. Uh, (laughs) Yes, indeed. That was Mean Joe Green uh, in one of the classic uh, commercials of uh, all time. The Hey Kid Catch commercial. In fact, uh, just a couple of years ago, I believe 2017 for the 40th anniversary, they reunited the kid. Of course, no longer a kid because, you know, he got older. Uh, (laughs) But but the two of them reunited and uh, now 48-year-old kid noted. And actually, it was quite accurate when he said, how is it possible that I now look older than you? (laughs) <laughs> because he did he 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 looked like he was like 60 and mean joe looked really damn good really nice. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah they reenacted the commercial and uh, it, was, it, was, it was just cute uh yes indeed mean joe green four points oh well done sir maybe you'll get another question right and you can you can get one for the thumb <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you are to do that, Fungo might be a good opportunity. Uh, you have the two, you have the six, and you have the eight. What say ye, sir? Uh, you know, uh, I played your Fungo one day on Learned League, and uh, it, it, it was fun. But I'm typically not real good at this particular kind of thing, so I'm going to go with a two on Fungo. Two on Fungo. Uh, understood. It's uh, one of those things where I give you three different clues all pointing to the same single answer and uh yeah it's like a little uh, little puzzle once you figure it out it all falls into place but if you don't figure it out well then we move on very quickly (laughs) (laughs) well here is your two-point fungo question clue number one uk political player in the 90s clue number two a n a inspiration and the avion just to name two and clue number three, Heller character, 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 character. Heller character, 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 I'm guessing is a Catch-22 reference. I should have read that book. Okay, so UK political player in the 90s was likely John Major. Heller character, since it was the uh, military, may have been Major. Any inspiration, the Evian, I don't know. But I'm going to guess, because of M, that Major is the answer major is your answer so uh catch 22 is i would say if there is such a thing as a literary nemesis of mine i have attempted to read that book on multiple occasions i i just can't do it i it just doesn't work for me it's dense i get that there are parts of it that are funny i just can't get to the parts that are funny right Uh, i started it a few times too and and just can't quite catch it no i know they're or they're about to make an, another version of it and uh maybe i'll watch that but uh yeah george clooney involved in that or something i believe so i believe so so yes uh there is a character in this uh, book he, he mentions that his father had uh passed on naming him drum minor or c sharp and instead <laughs> opted for naming him 
major, 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 first name major, <laughs> middle name major, last name major, and then of course he joined the army and got the rank of major, <laughs> and therefore his name, and he spells it out every single time he writes about him, major, 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 major. Uh, the Prime Minister of, of the UK for most of the 90s was John Major. And the ANA Inspiration and the Evian are two of the LPGA's golf majors. Ah, nice. Okay. Very nice. Major is the answer. That is two points for you and two in a row, uh, making me forget about round one very quickly here. Round what? What comes next is next. Uh, so what comes next is what I ask you. Is it going to be six or is it going to be eight? Let's go eight. Eight points for what comes next. Good luck. And here we go. Murphy Brown, 1989. Modern Family, 2011. Mozart in the Jungle, 2015. What? 2017. Okay, so these are going to be like uh, comedy Emmy winners. Oh, and I believe the most recent, or the 2017 one, I see ads for this on uh, streaming stuff all the time. It is the, uh, what is it, the, the the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Maisel, or the, yeah, I think it's the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Maisel. Uh, that is your answer to the question. Uh, you know, they when it comes to these, what comes next, or analogies, uh, I don't care how you come to the answer, as long as you come to the answer. Uh, not the Emmys. The Golden Globes. Oh, because right. Mozart, Mozart in the Jungle has no chance at all in getting Emmy recognition. Well, but it the, seemed a little weird. You're right. The foreign press, however, oh, how they love. Oh, the, you're right there. The, yeah, I'm sorry. I've got a dog. I, uh, no, I heard it barking at me. <laughs> the Hollywood foreign press loves themselves these uh, more obscure pieces uh, like Mozart in the Jungle. It's about an orchestra. In 2017, the latest uh, TV show that starts with an M that won for best TV musical slash comedy. Little show about a stand-up comedian trying to make it in a man's world. The marvelous Mrs. Meisel. Well done. Eight points for you. Thank you. Boy, the um, magnificent. Uh, I'm glad I didn't think of that because it would have probably totally thrown me off track. It, it's one of those you better get the name right because uh, yeah. that M word is going to the adjective there might throw you off. Right. No, it's everyone you get first is going is, is <laughs> to mess you up. <laughs> the mashup is what is left in this round and uh, in points six is what is left. So right. let me mash up that category with the points. And here is your six point mashup question. Though it's not 100% canon, this vehicle is believed to be a mid-60s Ford, decorated with a symbol resembling a cup of liquid with two horizontal lines below it. Can you figure out what it is? Would you do it for six points? Hmm. All right. I'm trying to think. Not exactly canon. Makes me think that this is some comic book kind of related thing. A mid-60s Ford cup of liquid and two lines below it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a a, a guess here, and uh, you know I've made worse ones this game, so <laughs> why, why not? I'm gonna say it's a it's a Ford Mustang Tang Mustang Tang being the cup of liquid. 
uh, you know, everybody thought that's what astronauts drank in the 60s. So that's what we'll go with. Okay. That's what we'll go with. Well, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Your run of successful answers, uh, I'm sorry to say... Uh, the line must be drawn here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was kind of giving you a little bit of a, a very obscure hint when I asked if you would do it for. Would you do it for two points, Tim? <laughs> would you do it for four points? <laughs> How about six points? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking Scooby-Doo. We're talking the vehicle that they use, which oh. never never quite had an official uh, designation, but uh, those who analyze these sorts of things have narrowed it down to a couple of vehicles, and the most likely option is that it was a mid-60s Ford that was the mystery machine, and a cup of liquid with two horizontal lines below it means that you are free to machine wash your clothing. Oh. oh. Mystery machine wash gentle cycle <laughs> dang you know this is not the first time i've missed a trivia question about the uh the washing symbols um <laughs> and uh, as a guy who just kind of uh throws his stuff in the laundry doesn't separate you know uh i'm it's maybe laundry symbols not a strong category for me fair enough but you know as the offspring told me you gotta keep them separated <laughs> They were talking about laundry, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. Uh, yes. Actually, it's just a soundbite from one of their sound guys who just happened to be saying it with the wires backstage one day, and they said, hey, say that again, and they put it in the song. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Well, I thought, I mean, you're you're a Jersey guy. Isn't that, you know, isn't that laundry a third of your, uh, oh, this, this is, am I offending you? <laughs> I am a native New Yorker who happens to live in New Jersey. I'm sorry. Don't call I'm sorry. me a Jersey guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, look, we, we have regional things here. Like if you ever called me a Texan or something like that, I'd, I'd get a little irritated. Yeah, if right. you want to call me a Jersey boy, I, my, my voice doesn't really get that high. So I'm sorry. But, uh, but I will sing. All right. <laughs> I have been known to do so. You got to keep separated. I just there you go. See, there you see? Go. All right. Uh, it was a good round. It was a very good round, even though you got I'll the last it. one wrong. Uh, 14 of the possible 20 points, uh, which is what you got as a score heading into halftime. 14 is not too shabby. Shaggy? No, shabby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> woo, I'm on fire tonight. Uh, <laughs> it brings us to our halftime bonus, our only partial credit question of the night. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you the question, and then we're going to pause a little bit to, you know, maybe take a bathroom break, maybe get another fine uh, can of orange vanilla Coke. That's orange vanilla Coke. <laughs> ask for it by name. I'm just trying to get some free stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Ultra because it's what's in the house, and I, and, uh, I, I don't want to plug it because I'm afraid they'd send me a case. <laughs> yeah, that, they're, they're, that, there's a great there's a great endorsement. Michelob Ultra. It's what's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Paint thinner. It's what was in the closet. <laughs> I'm going to go huff some of that uh, here in a minute. Just see how it improves my score. Uh, Halftime bonus. Partial credit. Here is your question. I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it after I read the question. Good luck. Here it is. The San Diego Zoo. Uh, their official website lists 12 animals that start with the letter M as being residents of their facility. 
for two points each. I would like you to name for me any five of these 12M animals. Think about that for a few moments, and we'll be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron, just like Christopher, Muffy, Andy, and many others who have joined since the start of the season. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Tim Edwards. When we last left him, he was sitting on 14 points, and it was hurting his butt hard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I can't help myself. I am giddy tonight. Uh, when we last left it, he was sitting on 14 points, working on the following halftime bonus question. The San Diego Zoo's official website lists 12 animals, which start with the letter M, as being residents of their facility. For two points each, I've asked Tim to name for me any five of these 12 animals. Whenever you're ready, Tim, what have you got for me? All right. Well, uh, due to their popularity in the last 10 years or so, uh, you know, I'm gonna say meerkat um, would be would be seem like a popular thing. You know, uh, a mongoose seems like it would be an- another one. Maybe a little too close to a meerkat to be too terribly interesting. But who knows? Maybe they have a whole weasel family uh, exhibit over there. I think a uh, a marmoset is a type of monkey, I believe, which also leads me to say that they maybe have some. Capuchin monkeys, if that would fit the category of the, 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 the M. And that leaves me with one more. I think a moose would be too large. They're awfully gigantic. But uh, one of my, I love the movie The Big Lebowski. And one of my favorite lines, I don't know why, in that movie is, uh, is when they bring the, the, the ferret into the, to the bathroom. He says, mm, nice marmot. And I'm going to say marmot in honor of Big Lebowski. Yes, uh, no white Russians here to be found, but let's see <laughs> what kind of animals we can uh, come up with here. I am going to uh, read off the uh, 12 animals uh, in alphabetical order, so you can play along at home, uh, <laughs> and we'll see how well you did the 12 animals at the San Diego Zoo that start with M. We have a macaw. Obviously. We have a magpie goose. Okay, as obviously, you do, obviously, yeah. you know. Sure. sure. Is that is that is that um, a type of goose, or did they take a magpie and a goose and like sew them together and make one hybrid nightmare bird? Well, is is this some sort of film that Kevin Smith is working on? No, it's, it's... no. <laughs> we did we did ask a question. We did ask a question. I think last night uh, about the island of Doctor Moreau. Oh, sure, and sure. Where you know, I guess that's what that's what was was a Doctor Moreau thing. So you know. Yeah, he he was big on the genetic, on my mind. Yeah, yeah, he was there for yeah. the, the, the genetic um, monstrosities and whatnot. Another another Brando role. <laughs> <laughs> we have a sea cow, better known as a manatee. Yes, a manatee from the Brevard County manatees. <laughs> There's a story, but it's too long to get into here. Animal number four on our list is a mandrill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scary looking guys. Scary, yes, indeed. Very colorful. Very colorful. Yeah. Uh, we have another uh, animal, which is a type of simian creature called a manga bee. If you say uh, so. I, I do. I do. 
I had to look it up, but it's a manga bee. <laughs> uh, then we have a fancy colorful frog called a mantella. Uh, they have an entire uh, category here, uh, but it's listed as simply marsupial. It's listed under their list, so I include it here. Uh, but of course, they clearly uh, also branch out because the next animal on the list is something called the Metsy's tree kangaroo. <laughs> Which is only uh, only finished uh, like one spot behind the Billboard charts to Dexy's Midnight Runners. So it's, it's a very funny thing how that happened. Uh, oh man, I am on fire tonight. What the hell? Uh, whoo! You're a good audience, Tim. You're a good audience. Hey, not easy to please. <laughs> <laughs> then we have four two points. Uh, I don't know if they're living in a manor or not, but they have a bunch of meerkats. Well done. Two points for you there. Yes. We have a fancy bird called the metallic starling. No relation to is, Clarice. Is that uh, that's that seems like a bit of a stretch because starlings are like everywhere. They just what they they're like. Oh, there's a starling eating some uh, crumbs. This is part of the zoo. At the Philadelphia Zoo, they have a cage that is empty, and and it, but it has a sign on the bottom that says "Squirrel, do not <laughs> do not release." <laughs> So, you know, they at least have a sense of humor about it. Right. (laughs) Or like pigeons, you know. Oh, this zoo has pigeons. Oh, woo! (laughs) (laughs) Then on the list at number 11, the generic but worth two points, Monkey. I will give it to you. And coming in last on our list here, don't get too close. It's a mountain lion. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, they need to look into expanding their weasel family uh, exhibit. They really do. They, I mean, they can do a whole marsupial thing, but the weasels are just ignored. Well, maybe they have a weasels under W. I did not check. So, uh... Well, then we could have gotten mongoose, and we could have gotten marmot, and, you know, they... Come on, San Diego Zoo, do me yes. a favor. Hedge me my laser, Stimpy, the marmosets are coming! <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. Four points in that round... I'm going to add those four to the 14 you came into halftime with, and we are leaving halftime with 18 points. Not too shabby, sir. It is not exactly 20, but it's not exactly too far off, so we are well on our way to a... It can very... vote. My game can vote. <laughs> uh, sure, it can vote, and we'll uh, <laughs> but... hopefully get it to drink at some point. <laughs> Round three is upon us. Point values available to you. Well, they're going to stay the same at two, four, six, and eight. But the categories, but they're going to be a change in, and this is what they're going to be a changing to. We're going to kick things off with who done it, followed up with movies, move along to history, and we are going to wrap up round three with everybody's favorite category. Say it with me if you like. Only in a Florida. <laughs> I'm sure everyone at home is saying it along. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Becoming a thing. Uh, who done it is up first however two four six or eight what say ye tim uh who done it let's go with i like the other categories that he said uh you know <laughs> leeringly uh i'm gonna go two all right two points for who done it good luck and here we go she was a one-time contender for the title of miss georgia before bit parts on designing women and the fresh prince After a six-year marriage, she kept a low profile until being cast on HBO's upcoming The Righteous Gemstones. Who done it? You know, 
I remember the the cast of uh, of Designing Women, and I have some vague memory of Delta Burke. Well, but no, she's, there's no M. I thought Delta Burke was maybe a um, a pageant queen, but uh, but no, she there there's no M's in her name, so she she certainly certainly can't be it. Annie Potts, uh, no, boy oh boy, you know I should have I knew I should have watched more uh, beauty pageants back in like uh, the 80s and 90s instead of instead of so much designing women. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Mary Jones as a stab in the dark. A, a, a lucky a lucky Mary Jones, as uh, Jonathan Oakes might say. Indeed, indeed. And he would have taken about two hours to come up with that, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's better backing into him than me. Oh, I love you, Jonathan. You know I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, the key thing here was not so much uh, the bit part she had early on, although you might have seen her name in the news recently because it was just announced that she was... Uh, going to be on this new hbo show uh which is going to start filming or has just started filming the key though is that little middle part where i glossed over was uh her six-year marriage it was the best marriage it was the most wonderful marriage it was uh it it provided a daughter whose name i can't remember this is the mother of tiffany trump yes marla maples okay indeed getting back into the public eye she was on fresh prince she had a small part, yeah. Remember, there are there are no there are no small parts, just small hands. But uh, <laughs> movies is up next. Yes, we, we have a four, we have a six, we have an eight. What say you, Tim? Let's go eight. Let's go big on the movies. Going big on the movies. Good luck, sir. And here is your eight point movies question. Though she had worked steadily in television since the nineteen sixties, Alice Nunn is probably best if not only known for playing what character in a cult comedy from 1985? Alice Nunn. Alice Nunn. N-U-N-N. All right. Cult comedy from 1985. Uh, And she'd been in TV a lot before then, so this is uh, an older woman at the time, probably. Drawn a blank here. Let's see. Comedies, 85. There's Ferris Bueller. There's, you know, all the uh, uh, Hughes movies. I, I, is is this 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 is not the uh, secretary from Ferris Bueller? I don't think that lady's name was something different. The character's name, boy AJ. Once again, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. No. Uh, my friend Cheyenne, whenever he plays uh, Learned League, like he's always like he's got to be like the last guy that turns it in. He's always doing it at like eleven thirty at night. He waits all day. I think if I waited all day on this, I still don't know that I would have a good guess. So I'm going to say Miss Marple. Miss Marple is your answer. So uh, the secretary in Ferris Bueller's Day Off is uh, fellow Syracuse uh, alum Edie McClurg. Yes, I knew it was. Yeah, I kept kept thinking Edie Brickell, and I'm like, no, it's not Edie Brickell. He's a righteous dude. Right. Uh, Indeed. We love Edie. Um, Not the answer, of course. Tim... It was a night just like this one. Oh, Mad, mad, oh, mad Marge? Large Marge. Large, large Marge. Marge. Oh, the answer. Yes. Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. The, the uh, sad, the kind of bittersweet, sad uh, ending to the story is that, you know, the film did not do great at the box office. It only was once... Uh, 
video rentals and yeah. it kind of gained steam. And she had told uh, Pee Wee Herman in like 1987 that uh, kids were starting to recognize her on the street. And like they were they were like, you know, she was really getting a kick out of it. And unfortunately, she like passed away like a month later. Uh, <sighs> And so never really got a chance to like uh, capitalize really, really, on yeah. being recognized after like a long career of these, uh, you know, playing mother and wife and things like that. Right. So uh, a little yeah. bit bittersweet there, but uh, that, was, that was a staple I, that movie. I watched, I watched that maybe more than just about any other movie outside of like the karate kid uh, yeah. uh, in the eighties. Yeah. As a big Pee Wee and Pee Wee's playhouse fan. And he looked like this. Bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a talent that she could do that with her face. It's really I'm surprised she couldn't find other roles for that. Uh, it was that and Beetlejuice. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> Can't give you the points on that one, though we had a good time reminiscing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, looking back, history is our next category. You have a four, you have a six. Let's do six. All right, six points for history. Good luck. Here is your question. Uh, husband and wife, E.F. Hutton and Marjorie Merriweather Post, paid for a house to be built in 1927 for about $7 million, the same amount for which it was purchased in 1985. What name did the couple give their residence? I think I see a, a, a bit of a mini theme uh, going on here. You know, we have Marla Maples with the, uh, the, the Trump tie. Not sure where Large Marge fits in with the, my, my theory here, but I'm pretty sure that that is Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago is your answer. So E.F. Uh, e. Hutton uh, is the guy who, of course, uh, was involved in sort of uh, investment and everything. And there were those all those commercials uh, when I was growing up. Right. When E.F. Hutton says, and everybody would listen because everyone know, wanted to hear what E.F. Hutton was talking about. But yeah, he was, uh, that company had uh, lived on for years. I had no idea that he was around in the 20s, married to uh, Marjorie Merriweather Post, the serial heiress. So uh, oh. they had lots of money. And right. so they, in 1927 dollars, they, uh, they built a house for $7 million. Uh, when uh, Marjorie Post passed away, she donated the uh, building uh, to the National park service uh she suggested at the time that perhaps they could use it as a winter white house and uh they held on to it the government for a couple of years and then said you know what the it's just too expensive to even hold on to this property let's just get rid of it and so uh, they gave it back to the post family who didn't want it anymore themselves and so they sold it to a guy named donald trump in 1985 for seven million dollars the same amount it cost them to be built mar-a-lago is the correct answer and what do you know it's the winter white house after all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope it soon becomes a presidential retirement home i was feeling a lot better about two questions ago to be honest <laughs> <laughs> but hey you get the six points so there is i'll that. take it there, yes indeed he's not a righteous dude <laughs> All right, sir. Speaking of Mar-a-Lago, you know where Mar-a-Lago is? Uh, it is only in Florida, I think. That is correct. And uh, only in Florida is our next uh, category. Thank you for uh, paying attention. Uh, four <laughs> points is what I'm going to give you here. If you can get the answer right, are you ready for your four-point only in Florida question? Let's do it. 
Brace yourself. (laughs) (laughs) A 40-year-old Boynton Beach man was arrested back in March after his mother accused him of aggravated battery. She told police that her son hit her with a stool and tried to kill her by stuffing her mouth full of dumplings. All because she declined to do what requested task? Well, one, death by dumpling. Doesn't sound like the worst way to go, uh, especially in Florida Man stories. (laughs) Um, But uh, all because she would not do something he wanted her to do. You know, if if there's a theme here, perhaps she was not MAGA-ing enough. Um, uh, It's it's possible. Uh, But I think I'm just going to go with kind of a a, a classic of this, uh, of, of this, of this genre and, <laughs> and uh, hope that his desires hearkened back to a simpler time where he just wanted her to make him dinner. Make him dinner is a fine, fine uh, answer. I mean, there are no wrong answers in only Florida. <laughs> there really aren't. There's just only one right answer, but there were no wrong answers. Uh, yes. I told you to make America great again, and this, like, look outside. It's crap. <laughs> now, now bend over. I'm going to hit you with a stool and feed you Chinese food. Like, okay. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's not what happened. Um, I mean, this makes perfect sense to me. I, I, it's not that ridiculous request when you think about it. I mean, all he wanted mom to do was to dress his mannequin like he asked. <laughs> Dress, dress his mannequin. Dress his mannequin. Dress his mannequin. I mean, you know, look at look, look. What guy hasn't stuffed somebody's mouthful of food over mannequin fashion? Like, I mean, you really. I it happens to me a couple times a year. Speaking of mannequins, (laughs) oh, the Kim Cattrall of it all. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, uh, probably the less said about the story, the better. Uh, I cannot give you the points. Like I'm scared. To, like I'm glad the story ends here, because uh, because I want to ask the question. Well, what was? How did he want this mannequin dressed? But but no, I don't want it. I I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I, I, I'm glad you feel that way. Uh, the feeling is mutual. Six points in that round. Out of a possible 20, I'm going to add those six points to the 18 you had going into round three. And you are now at 24 fabulous points. Amazing points. One might even say marvelous points. Uh, Are they juicy? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, round four is up next. Point values available to you are three, five, seven, and nine. It is our highest scoring round. Player. Here are the categories we're going to use for round four. We're going to kick things off with potpourri. Potpourri. Move along to literature. <laughs> Followed up with music, which may or may not be AJ Murders a Hit. And we're going to wrap things up with, yes, you heard me, science. <laughs> Oh man. Potpourri's up first. Three, five, seven, or nine. Boy. Uh not these are not playing to my strengths here. 
So uh, I'm going to roll the dice on Potpourri and go with nine. Nine points on Potpourri. I hope you get this correct. Here is your nine-point Potpourri question. A statue created by Japanese artist Keisuke Aisawa is now famous worldwide, but not by the name its artist intended. Under what moniker did this work of art go viral? Well, when you think of um, viral statues, uh, the uh, the terrible one of Cristiano Ronaldo from a year or two ago immediately springs, springs to mind. But that... I don't remember that getting a different name and uh, nothing that goes with M. Well, I'm going to go... The only thing I can really think of is is the Cristiano Ronaldo one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's uh it it's it's uh, Mad Ronaldo because that sculpture was uh of of him was so bad that they had to commission a whole new one. Yes, indeed, the Cristiano Ronaldo statue was hideous. <laughs> uh, kind of, and it looked like this. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, I remember that statue. Uh, how could you not? If you saw it, pretty embarrassing. Not what we're looking for here. So this is a statue. Artist created it. It goes by the name of Mother Bird, at least according to Keisuke Asawa. Unfortunately, someone took a picture of this, and it's a kind of woman's face with a elongated uh, beak-like features and big bulging eyes. And it's now part of a kind of Slenderman-like uh, oh, hoax of sorts, yes. where it, it's supposed to like appear in like Peppa Pig cartoons and tell kids to go kill themselves. Right. It's called Momo. Momo. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I don't know if that's true. It, 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 like. I don't know if Momo really is in in, in YouTube videos, but uh, that story has all the markings of like a classic, like panic hoax, right? Like yes, uh, yeah. it, it 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 just instantly sounded instantly had me going to Snopes to see what they'd had had to say about uh, about Momo. Yeah, it's I mean it's 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 this is a disturbing uh, image to be sure, no, uh, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the Slender Man thing started the same way, and, uh, you know, it's all fun and games until two 12-year-old girls decide to stab their friend. I get that. Uh, right. But uh, much like the Halloween candy razor blades in the fruit, uh, <laughs> no reported cases of this actually happening. Right. Uh, so, at least, you know, uh, you know, you talk about it enough, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, I'm sure. Someone's right. going to do something stupid and blame Momo, and suddenly it's like, <laughs> see, Momo's real, I told you. It, uh, you know, they're all coming to the country. You know, Momo would not be killing people the way that Momo is killing people. We, we got to shut down all the Momo admittance until we figure out what's going on. Jesus, Momo. Uh, no one knows Momo's orange tale. It's uh, origin, orange, orange story of Momo. It's very difficult. Momo has been completely and utterly exonerated. Uh, I well, didn't I hear that he was going to nominate Momo for the Fed? <laughs> yeah, well, well, Herman, didn't Herman Cain run on the nine 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 plan? Yes. yes. Well, that's nine 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 points you won't be getting, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, 
You may not be getting points, but you're getting laughter, and isn't yeah, that yeah, yeah? You know, I'll I'll take it. I, I, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, literature is up next. You got the three. You got the five. You got the seven. How much on the literature, sir? Let's do let's do five. Five points on literature. Good luck. Here's your question. Fanny Price, age 10, is sent to live with the Bertrams in what novel published in 1814? Sent to live with the Bertrams. It seems early, too early for Dickens, it seems. But that sure sounds like a Dickens plot. I mean, he, 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 I know he did that at least once, right? Uh, send a kid off to live. Um, oh, man, sometimes... Uh, Literature is just a, uh, a humongous issue for me. Uh, as anyone who might have seen my Jeopardy episode would know, it, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was my downfall. Oh, you know, just be glad I didn't decide to go with uh, Margaret Atwood for this one. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> I would have salted the wound a little too much uh, for you. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's all right. I got my check yesterday, actually. It was kind of, that was kind <laughs> of uh, fun. But, uh, you know, I think Silas Marner is, an, is, is an, I'm just going to start listening, listing some uh, novels with M words. Silas Marner seems like that time is not right. Um, you've got the Jane Austen, Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice. The Bronte sisters had Wuthering Heights, and who knows what else. I also think maybe Last of the Mohicans, but this seems a little bit early for that time-wise. I'm going to I'm just gonna go ahead and go with Last of the Mohicans, even though I don't think the time is right, but we'll go for it. Stay alive, no matter what occurs, I will find you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is the probably the first time all night that uh, you're going to likely be kicking yourself because uh, you were all over the author of this work. You said Jane Austen. You started going through her works. You just didn't get to the one that starts with M. There's Pride and Prejudice. There's Sense and Sensibility. There's Emma. There's Clueless. And then there's the one where Fanny Price goes to live with the Bertrams in Mansfield Park. Dang it. Darn. See? You were right there. I was right there. I was right there. All right. It's okay. You know what I I need to do? I need to read more books and less less, um, blogs and Reddit articles. That's, that's, you know, really. Well, this is true. Yes. Yeah. It would would be better for me in all kinds of levels. Absolutely. I agree with you there. Tish, tish, posh, posh, tis but a scratch. Uh, music right. is up next. All right. You, you have three points left, and you have seven points uh, left. Uh, which one are you going to use on the music? I don't feel like pop culture has really been my friend this round. Uh, I'm going to go with three. All right. Three points for music. Uh, good luck. And here is your music question for three points. Prince produced the top ten single, Love Thy Will Be Done, for what singer? whose only other hit was 1989's Toy Soldiers, with Fergie and Jennifer Love Hewitt providing backing vocals. I remember um, I went to a, uh, a camp. I didn't go to the space camp, but I went to like the, the, uh, the Oklahoma knockoff version when I was in middle school. Uh, and I went with my friend Tony, and he had the cassette single of Toy Soldiers. And I believe that that song is by Martika. And I'm going to lock in with that. Okay. Martika 
is your answer. There was a little show on the Disney Channel called Kids Incorporated, and it had uh, a whole bunch of kids performing uh, songs as part of the drama there. It's kind of like uh, the first first pass at Glee, but on the Disney Channel. Right. Uh, and it, heck, it produced uh, Fergie, who would go on to Black Eyed Peas in a solo career, and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who would go on to Party of Five and The Ghost Whisperer, uh, and she tried to sing, too. I believe uh, her big uh, <clears throat> hit was Let's Go Bang. <laughs> subtle <laughs> let's go bang i want to go bang um yeah and uh, one of their uh other cohorts was a singer who went by the name of martika yes yes step by step heart to heart left right left like they toy all go soldiers down, like toy soldiers <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song it is a good song. I yeah, love it. Like, like it's it's a good uh, example of like you know late eighties uh, pop music. And three points for you as a result of knowing Martika. Very well done. Uh, you, sh- you should have had a little more faith in your uh, pop culture. Yeah. Well, who, who, whose fault is that, AJ? It's yours. You're the one who 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 has been abusing me with the pop culture so far. So. Well, just for that, I'm going to give you a seven point science <laughs> question. <so. laughs> We'll see who's going to be laughing now. <laughs> Won't you come out and play with me? <laughs> I'll do this step by step. Yes. Science for seven points. Good luck. It is the last question of round four and regulation. And here it is. Gilbert's per Maxwell or the inverse Henry are both units of measurement used to quantify what scientific concept? Gilbert's per Maxwell? Gilbert's per Maxwell? Or the inverse Henry? All right, let's think of some scientific concepts that start with the letter M. Momentum, certainly one of them. Magnitude, but that seems sort of um, vague for purposes of this question. Mass, but that that's not going to be... That's not going to be put in a... Um, a ratio, I wouldn't think. You know, the only real thing I can think of here, AJ, is momentum. Seems like that would have some more, uh, less convoluted um, uh, units or, or, or ratios, but I like momentum because I have had none in this game. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, that's been abundantly clear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I look at this question and uh, you know the inverse henry just there's there's so many possibilities of what i could come up with as what the inverse henry is it could be a a gymnastics maneuver it could be some sort of uh, uh kama sutra page uh, i guess i don't know there's just a lot i could make from the inverse henry i could make a hat i could make a pterodactyl uh you, the, you know, I don't expect anyone to know this off the top of their head. However, uh, Gilbert, Maxwell, and Henry were all scientists who worked in this field, and as such, they got measurements named after them, which, of course, uh, all culminate in uh, the examination of and the measurement of magnetic reluctance <sighs> or magnetic resistance. Magnetic ah. magnetism. I would have accepted that. Magnets. Magnets. How do they work? <laughs> well, three points in that round. Uh, better than 
no points in that round, to be it, sure. Yes. So, we're going to add those three points to the 24 you had coming into the round, which gives you a pretty healthy 27 points as we head into our confidence question. Here's how this is going to work, Tim. It is your last chance to try and improve your final score. Only one question is before you. Only one answer is required. I will give you the category, and you must, must wager between 1 and 10 points. Get it right, and I will add it to your score. Happily so. But get it wrong. Get the answer wrong, Tim. And not only will you lose those precious points, but I will make you relive round one (laughs) on an endless loop over and over again while Momo stares at you in the corner. What a nightmare human you've become over the course of this this game. Wow. Well, (laughs) you know, I started slow, but the momentum just built, and here I am. Now, uh, Tim, uh, you know this season I'm asking my hot seat residents to offer up three potential categories for me to choose from for the confidence question. You have graciously done so, and I have maniacally uh, accepted those categories. Pick the one that I think uh, will work best. And therefore, I ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in the category of 90s alternative music? All right. I am uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident, and I'd like to wager... I, I don't want to say all in because in the current uh, trivia community climate, that's sort of the province of or the controversial person that I'll let have that phrase for now. But I will go wager all my points and say 10. I feel you. 10 points. How brave, how bold, how brash. How will you do? Well, let's find out. Good luck, sir. I am pulling for you. Here is your 10 point question in 90s alternative music. So, Tim, it's really hard for me to have selected anything other than a song with only M's in the title to talk about. (laughs) So, with that in mind, the Crash Test Dummies sung about three strange children in their song, Mm-mm-mm-mm. According to the lyrics of the song, one kid has it the worst of the three. What is this kid's issue? Because the M's are in the question, I will say otherwise. The answer does not have to have an M in it. Okay, okay, okay. All right, once there was this kid who... I've got to like slow down my brain here to match the tempo of, of, of that song and, and his cadence in it. Okay, there was a kid who had birthmarks all over his body, and he couldn't quite explain it. They'd always just been there oh, i feel like i feel like there there there's a, a, a it's like a boy and there's, there's a girl and there may be another boy i'm having a hard time getting past the uh first verse maybe it's because i would switch the channel uh <laughs> before <laughs> i heard the whole song um i'm gonna say the 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 the, the worst one off was the kid with the birthmarks Okay. We'll go with that one. So, indeed, the Crash Test Dummies, they're pretty much their only hit. I would call them one-hit wonders. I mean, you know. And this song was... was... Is, there, is there another contender? Did they, uh, did they, release, did they even release another song? Uh, yeah, I mean, the album, God Shuffled His Feet, was had a few singles on it. I couldn't name oh. another one, but... Uh, I, I, I didn't realize you were such a fan. Oh, yeah, that's me. And, you know, Weird Al took the song, turned it into uh, a parody song called Broadcast News. So uh, certainly, uh, you know, when Weird Al's parodying you, you, you did something, yeah. right? Certainly. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, uh, in the song, uh, they sing about three kids. Uh, Once there was a boy. The first kid in the song, 
uh, was involved in some sort of uh, horrible car accident. And uh, when he went back to school, his hair had turned from black to uh, white. That's right. That was the thing that happened to kid number one. Yeah. Uh, And of course, they all mocked the kid because that's what kids do. Not, hey, you survived a car crash. How, How wonderful. No, your hair looks stupid fun times uh then comes kid number two who was a girl who uh went to change in the in, in the locker room and all the other girls noticed that she had birthmarks all over her body yes uh she couldn't quite explain it they've always just been there as you said so again mocking the child for something completely beyond the child's control pretty bad yeah H- however then we hit the bridge where they <laughs> say that the boy and the girl had it bad but Oh, wait till you hear what happened to kid number three, whose life is the worst. And kid number three, uh, after school, would go to church with his family. And uh, it was a Pentecostal church. So uh, all, all the people would shake and lurch all over the church floor. Yes. He had it the worst because he went to church. <laughs> uh, lead singer of the Crash Test Dummies was an atheist. And... Uh, was really just saying that religious people are stupid, uh, basically, <laughs> is what he was saying. And it, it's it's worse to 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 go to a Pentecostal church than to be abused by your peers. So, <laughs> how did such an uplifting message not resonate and lift that band up to bigger heights? You well, know? I believe I can sum it up thusly. And then piano. <laughs> I cannot give you the points, though uh, you did I- at least correctly identify one of the children right. <laughs> in the song. Take those 10 points away. You're still sitting on a very lucky 17 points. Uh, a fine number, a fine round, a fine game. Tim, thank you so much for being here. Before I ask you to leave my hot seat once and for all, is there anything you'd like to uh, reiterate, replug, uh, remove from, from existence? You know, I, I give you the power of a god. Uh, yeah, let's get that first round out. I'll, I'll, I want to snap my fink, do a Thanos snap on uh, on on half the rounds. Uh, no, but. Um, Questionable Company is uh, is my trivia company. If uh, you would like to run a, a trivia game in your favorite watering hole, um, look us up on Facebook or send us an email to questionableco at gmail.com. And uh, we can get you set up with questions and format and support. And uh, you can do it. It's a lot of fun. And hit us up. Excellent. Well, I uh, thank you so much for being here. I uh, thank you for uh, getting the Sons of Anarchy together in the first place. And, uh, well, now that that's over, get out of my hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> Gladly. Thank you, Tim. Thank you all for listening. We will be back in a week with a new episode. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.